The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. Our text for today is found in Psalm 103. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to that passage. We'll look at it in just a moment. Psalm 103. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, but you can follow along in whichever translation uh, you have. And by the way, Mr. Bond, you sounded, you reminded me of your dad today. I don't know if you, all of you knew him. He was a great preacher and a friend of mine, and I almost got flashes back of your dad standing up here a moment ago. God loves us. Will you say that with me this morning? God loves us. We speak about the love of God and sing about the love of God so often that we sometimes forget how extraordinary it is that we actually connect those two words, God and love, together. God and and, uh, omnipotence, sure, we can connect those words because if God is God, he certainly is all-powerful. God and omniscience, we can connect those two words as well. Because if God is God, then he knows all things. God and omnipresence, those words go together as well. Because if he is God, then there is no place that God cannot be. But to think that the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who created all things and who holds the whole world in his hands actually loves sinful, individual creatures like you and me. Now that is an incredible thought to wrap our minds around. And yet the single thread that connects the Old Testament with the New Testament is this breathtaking realization that God loves us and that he loves us so much in fact that he gave his son on the cross to die so that we might have eternal fellowship with him. Our text for today in Psalm 103 celebrates God's love. Will you you follow along with me as I read, beginning in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, in these opening verses of Psalm 103, the psalmist focuses on what God does for us, on on what God 
gives us. He calls them God's benefits. And he opens the passage with a a verse that we learn, especially those of us who are older, back in Bible school years and years ago. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We have to admit that we spend a lot of our time complaining about what we don't have. But this morning, I want us to spend some time thinking about what we do have. What God wants to give us. God's benefits. The things that God wants us to leave here with this morning. So what what does God do for us? Well, look at our text. The psalmist first affirms that God forgives us. In verse three, he says, God forgives all our iniquity. Ernest Hemingway wrote a short story called The Capital of the World. And in this, uh, in this story, he focused on a father and his son who lived in Spain. And the father and the son got at cross purposes with, them, with each other. Some of the things the son did, the father did not approve of. And he chastised his son for these things. And so his, his son ran away. The father spent weeks looking for his son, couldn't find him, looked everywhere for his son, couldn't find him. And finally, he put an ad in the newspaper in Madrid. Dear Paco, he said, and Paco was a very common name at that time, John, Jack. Paco, he said, meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. And in his story, Ernest Hemingway says that on the next day at noon, 800 young men named Paco (laughs) showed up at the newspaper office. Every one of them thought the ad in the paper was directed toward them. Every one of us, all of us, Paco or John or Jack or whatever our name is, all of us have sinned against our heavenly father and have broken the heart of God. So what can we do about it? What what step can we take to move past this overriding feeling that we haven't lived up to the life God wants us to live? We can confess our sins. We can release our sins to God and we can leave here this morning forgiven. God forgives us, the psalmist said. What does God do for us? Well, the psalmist says that God also makes us whole. Still in verse three, the psalmist said, God heals all our diseases. Now, if he was talking about physical healing, he was probably recalling an experience that he had gone through himself, an illness that he himself had felt. And he fell into a grave illness and his family gathered around him to say their final goodbyes. And then during the night, 
The fever broke. The pain began to subside. And he started back on the road to recovery. God healed him. Maybe that's what the psalmist is talking about. But I think he has something more in mind than physical healing. I think when he says that God heals us, I think he means that God not only heals us physically, but he also heals us spiritually and mentally. He gives us, he gives us a sense of, of strength that we did not have, and he equips us to do what he calls us to do. I think of Isaiah, for example, in the temple. You remember Isaiah 6? He goes into the temple, and he sees the Lord high and lifted up, And he's overwhelmed. He says, woe is me for I am undone for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell amidst the people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the Lord. And the Bible says that one of the angels took a a coal from the altar and came over to Isaiah and touched Isaiah's lips. And the angel said, now this has touched your lips Your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. So with that piece of coal, the angel cleansed Isaiah, forgave Isaiah. But that was not the end of the story. Once he had been forgiven, once he had been cleansed of his sin, he was able to go out and speak the words and carry out the mission that God wanted him to do. That's what God promises to do for us. He promises to touch us at our place of vulnerability, that that place of wanting, that place of need in our life, whatever it is. He promises to touch us at that place of need and enable us, equip us to go out and do the work he has called us to do. God makes us whole. What does God do for us? Verse 4, the the psalmist affirms that God delivers us. He says in verse 4 that God redeems your life from the pit. That promise brings back a lot of memories of Old Testament experiences. Do you remember them? Uh, There was Joseph that his brothers left in the pit to die. In uh, Genesis 37, there was uh, Jeremiah that his enemies left in a dried up well for him to die, to rot in, uh, in uh, Isaiah, I'm sorry, in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 38. He delivered Daniel from the lion's den who was left there to be the breakfast for the lions the next morning. The the psalmist says that just as God did those things, just as he delivered Joseph and Jeremiah and Daniel from those things that hold us back, the psalmist said God will deliver us. Paul went through a similar experience of that many times, but one of them he writes about in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He is writing from the Philippian prison. And there in the Philippian prison, he is overwhelmed by his aloneness. 
Have you ever been there? He, he just feels like everybody has deserted him. He even mentions some names. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, he mentions Demas, formerly one of his colleagues, but now he said, Demas has deserted me because he loved this world too much. And then he mentions Alexander, metal worker, a former co-worker, who now says, did me a great deal of harm. And then he just kind of said, everyone, everyone has deserted me. But then the word of hope in verse 17. But the Lord stayed with me, Paul wrote, and gave me strength so that I was able to proclaim the full message for all the Gentiles to hear, and I was rescued from being sentenced to death. God delivered him. Now, that was not just a one-off in Paul's life. That was his everyday experience. Whether standing before an attentive crowd or smoldering away in the dark dampness of a Philippian prison, Paul experienced, embraced God's presence with him and said over and over again, God delivered me. And what God did for Joseph in the pit and what he did for Jeremiah in the dried up well and what he did for Daniel in the lion's den and what he did for Paul in the dark dampness of that Philippian prison. The psalmist says, God will do for us. What is it that has you in, your, in its grip? What is it that keeps you from being who God wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do, whatever it is, the psalmist says, God delivers us. What does God do for us? Still in verse four, the psalmist proclaims that God crowns us. He says that God crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. In the Bible, whenever you crown someone, you're, you're saying that that is an important person. That is a significant person. That is a special person. God crowns us, every one of us. I love the way John put it in his epistle, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. This is what he says about us. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. That next sentence almost takes my breath away. And that is what we are. And then he goes on to say, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. The medieval monks used to have a saying. They said, every believer is preceded by legions of angels saying, make way for the image of God. That's what we are. We are the image of God. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of the King. God crowns us. What does God do for us? 
In verse 5, the psalmist affirms that God also energizes us. He affirms that God satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What food does for our physical bodies, God's spirit does for our spiritual bodies. The prophet Isaiah puts it like this. He says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings on eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. A pastor many years ago became discouraged in his ministry. He just didn't know if he could keep going. So he decided to do something different to give his mind a rest. And so he heard that the World's Fair was in his city. And so he decided to go and visit the World's Fair and just kind of walk around and see what he could see. And as he entered the fair grounds, he looked up ahead, way up ahead. And, and there was this man clothed in uh, sparkling gold clothes. The sun was just reflecting off of it. And, and he had his hand on one of those old-fashioned pumps. Some of you remember when you went to grandmother's house and you had to pump that water out. And, and he was just pumping up and down fast as he could. And the water was just flowing out of that pump. And the minister was kind of overwhelmed by it. He said, man, that guy is really pumping out that water. But as he got a little closer, he recognized, realized that it was not a man. It was a wooden figure. And that wooden figure had a hand attached to the handle of the pump that was going up and down, pushing out that water that was being powered by a generator. And the, pre- and the preacher said, the man is not pumping the water. The water is pumping him. That's the way it is for God and us. We don't go out to do this work, pumping the water from within. We go out doing the work in the power of the Almighty God who is pumping his spirit and his power through our life. The psalmist says he energizes us. So some of you are writing down, look at your list. He forgives us. He makes us whole. He delivers us from the things that hold us back. He puts his golden crown on our heads. And he pumps his spirit through our lives. According to the psalmist, those are the things that God wants to do for us. Not just some of us, all of us. Not just every once in a while, but every single day. Those are God's benefits for God's children that he wants to give to every one of us here today. So that's the message. Now, a couple of thoughts spin off of this message. Here's the first thought. If God wants to do all those things for us, then God must really love us. 
just, just imagine what we've talked about today. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, holy God who created all things and holds the whole world in his hands wants to put all of those benefits into our lives. We need to leave here this morning celebrating the love of God. And here's the other thought. If God wants to pour all of those benefits into our lives, not just some of us, all of us, not just some of the time, but all of the time, if God wants to do that, if God promises to do that, then many of us have to admit this morning that we are living beneath our privileges. If we still carry that burden of sin ourselves, if we still feel like something is missing from our lives, if we're still in the hold of something we can't let go of, if we still feel like we're outsiders instead of children of God, if we go into the life that we live working out of our own power instead of the power of God, then we are living beneath our privileges. Do you remember the story of Bertha, Bertha Adams? I told you this story years and years and years and years ago. Bertha Adams. She was 71 years old. When I first told that story, I thought that was old, but it's not old. <laughs> Bertha Adams was 71 years old, and she weighed about 50 pounds. She begged door-to-door for food. She clothed her emaciated body in Salvation Army clothing. And then one day... West Palm Beach, Florida, she died of malnutrition. But after she died, they found out that she had over a million dollars tucked away in two safety deposit boxes. Here was a woman who was unbelievably wealthy who went through life living beneath her privileges. You know what I believe? You might not, but I'm here, so I'm going to tell you. I believe today is the day we need to start letting God be as good to us as he wants to be. I think today is the day we need to start living as the children of God we are. And then we can wake up every morning and go to bed every night proclaiming that exultant doxology that we find at the beginning of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget his benefits. Let's pray. God, do something to us today. Spark us with your spirit. 
Stir us from within. Overwhelm us with your power. And remind us that we do not have to live the way most of us are still living. We can do better. We can be better. We can do more. We can experience life. The abundant life Jesus talks about in John 10.10. Lord, I pray that we might leave here today not only celebrating your love, but remembering what you want us to be and decide that today is the day we're going to begin living as the children of God we are. We pray this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen.